Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Midweek Bible Study 2023 Winter Edition. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and today is Wednesday, January 18th. We're continuing in our study of 2 Corinthians with part two of our study about how and why Paul defends his authority. Last week, we covered verses one through nine. Today, we're going to finish chapter 10 with verses 10 through 18. We've got a bunch to go through. I'm really excited about this. I hope you are too. But before we go anywhere, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we ask your blessing over this time of study. Open our hearts and minds to understand your truth today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, let's get to it. Open up your Bible or Bible apps to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 10 to 18. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 10 to 18, and follow along as I read. For some say, Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he's weak and his speeches are worthless. These people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from afar. Oh, don't worry. We won't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they're only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant! We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We are not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you, as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you, where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. Indeed. All right, let's unpack these verses, starting out with verse 10. Once again, it says, For some say, Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he's weak and his speeches are worthless. Here's the question. Why were some Corinthians thinking this about Paul? Now, I say some in that question because not all were, but there was a pocket of people who were being stirred up and were causing a lot of trouble. So why were some of those Christians thinking this about Paul? This accusation is at the heart of Paul's responses in this chapter. The false teachers among the Corinthians were challenging Paul's authority as an apostle. One thing they pointed to was how unimpressive he was as a speaker compared with the eloquent and dramatic secular speakers famous in Greek society. They gave him credit for weighty and strong letters, but they suggested that a true apostle would be just as impressive and convincing face to face. Paul had already admitted to the Corinthians that he had consciously avoided dependence on rhetoric or human philosophy when he was presenting the gospel of salvation to them. He wanted the message to speak for itself, not hindered by any other kind of distraction. Verse 11, let's look at that. It says, those people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as we say in our letters from far away. Here's the question. What does this verse tell you about how Paul disciplined church members previously? Well, in the past, Paul held back disciplining members of the Corinthian church in person. 
You might remember from the study in 1 Corinthians right up until now, he had warned them to stop sinning. Several times he kept writing and telling them that. He had written letters encouraging them to discipline persistent sinners. Paul had used these indirect methods to encourage the leaders of the Corinthian church to take charge of the situation and discipline their own members. Paul even promised to go along with the decisions that they made, 1 Corinthians 1.5, 1 Corinthians 2, 6-10. But because his accommodating approach wasn't working, he assured the Corinthians that on his next visit, he would be demanding and forceful, punishing those who had not taken his earlier warnings to heart. Next up, verse 12. Oh, don't worry. We won't dare say that we are as wonderful as those other men who tell you how important they are, but they're only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. The question is, why does Paul say these other men are ignorant? Here Paul goes on the offensive and he clarifies, somewhat sarcastically, that he doesn't see himself as being in competition with his opponents in Corinth. They're commending themselves to the Corinthians based on secular standards that included dramatic speaking ability and skillful self-promotion. Paul is not participating in that cultural competition to be the most popular or the most followed public personality. In fact, he describes his opponents as being ignorant as proven by their continued need to measure themselves against each other. That's a game Paul's not going to play. He doesn't need to win a cultural competition to prove he truly represents Christ to the Corinthians. All right, we're moving great. Let's look at verse 13. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. That's a really important verse, especially for those of us that are in ministry. So the question is, What's the difference between the false teachers boasting and Paul's boasting? By listening to the false teachers, the Corinthians were forcing Paul to boast in order to silence those critics. But here, Paul clarifies the grounds on which he was boasting. The false teachers boasted about themselves and what they had accomplished. For Paul to boast about himself and his accomplishments would have been entirely inappropriate. Only God deserved honor, for he had given Paul his abilities. What could Paul boast about? Paul could only boast in God and in the tasks God had assigned him. Paul regarded his assignment at Corinth as within his proper boundaries. Thus, when he boasted, he boasted of the Lord and his work there in Corinth. All right, let's look at verse 14. It says, We're not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you, as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Now, rather than a question, I have a comment about this verse that I want to share with you. This should have been really obvious to the Corinthians. It really should have. But the false teachers had created doubt in many of their minds. Paul was the founder of this church and as such could claim authority over it. Ironically, it was his authority that was being called into question. All right. Let's take a look at verses 15 and 16. They read, Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. This, again, is another great set of verses for anyone in ministry to pay attention to.
The question is, did Paul ever take credit for someone else's work in the ministry? Would he ever travel to another region and begin preaching and teaching even though someone else was or had been there? Paul refused to claim credit for the work someone else has done. That's what he said in that verse. But that's exactly what the false teachers were doing with the Corinthians. Unlike the traveling preachers who had come to live off the Corinthian congregation, Paul envisioned going and preaching in places where no one else was working. Look, it is not cool to claim someone else's ministry and walk into their ministry field and start working there. That's just not happening. And Paul says, that's not what we're doing, but that's exactly what these false teachers were doing. And the Corinthians should have known that. And Paul envisions being able to launch from Corinth into other areas that no one else is working. And that's how the Lord was directing him there. Clearly, the Corinthians couldn't see that that's what these false teachers were doing, just plopping in where others had begun ministry and taking credit for it. But we know from Paul's letter to the Romans, if you look at Romans 15, 24, we know that his vision included reaching Spain with the gospel. So Paul had a long-term, very wide and very far vision of being able to reach others for the cause of Christ. And now the final verses for today. Well done, my friends. Let's finish strong. Verses 17 and 18. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. Amen to that. Okay, here's the question. What Old Testament scripture is Paul quoting in verse 17? And who are those that the Lord commends? I'll give you a hint. You might want to look in the book of Jeremiah. Oh, say around chapter 9 or so. Yeah. All right. This verse is from Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24, which says, But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me, meaning God, and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. So in verse 17, Paul paraphrases Jeremiah 9.24 in order to emphasize to the Corinthians that he knew he was treading on shaky ground. The Old Testament passage was especially relevant because it was an indictment against false teachers who took pride in their wisdom and their speaking abilities. Only those who seek after God and make it a priority to know and love him are commended by God. Only those who bring honor and praise to God instead of themselves are those people in whom God delights. And in the end, only God's approval counts. In light of eternity, it really doesn't matter how other people will judge us. Well, folks, we have done it. You've stuck together with me, and we have finished this study of chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. We've been talking about how and why Paul defended his authority. We found that the situation in the Corinthian church had forced Paul to set aside his conviction about boasting in order to save the church from ruin. By touting his credentials, credentials the Corinthians should have recognized in the first place, Paul hoped to discredit the false teachers who had infiltrated the church. And folks, there's more to come in these remaining three chapters about this. You don't want to miss it, so we hope you'll stay with us over these next several weeks. We're going to be continuing all the way through March 1st as we finish out these last three chapters where Paul continues to defend his authority. Next time, we're going to be studying 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to be looking at the first half of chapter 11, verses 1 to 15, and we're going to talk about Paul 
and false apostles. Thanks again for being with me. It is such a joy to be with you each and every week. Thanks for taking time for that. I hope that this has been a blessing to you from the Lord. Have an amazing rest of your day and week. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.